0: Welcome to the Network Marketing Heroes podcast, hosted by 40-year network marketing veteran, author of best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 With Your Hair on Fire, and world-renowned speaker, Richard Bliss Brook. When it comes to success in network marketing, who better to learn from than leaders who have actually done it? Listen as Richard interviews top leaders and gives you a behind-the-scenes look at how they did it. You'll get incredible tips and duplicable actions you can do right now to build your own four-year career. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive discount code to get 10% off Richard's easy-to-use tools that will help propel your network marketing business to the next level at BlissBusiness.com. Hey,
1: everybody. Richard Brook here. For yet another network marketing guru's interview, and I have none other than the most extraordinary, the most prolific, the global hopper of goodwill in the network marketing community, seven-figure earner, can't leave that out, (laughs) the holy grail of network marketing, Mr. Tom Chenault from Longmont, Colorado. Say hi, Tom. Hello, and I am indeed a guru. What is a guru? I don't even know what a guru is. That is so- no, it's a horrible title in some people's minds, but the people that I'm interviewing for this series, you know, I've interviewed people like Ray Hignon and Sonia Stringer and Simon Chan and Todd Falcone and oh, I don't know, you know, anybody that is a guru in network marketing. I wanna interview them. And and basically it's people that, you know, maybe they're building, like you have your own team, that's great. But Tom, you're you're far better known in the network marketing community as somebody that serves the higher good, the total community, the global view that serves the profession, that serves the ethics of the profession. The image of the profession, the confidence of the profession. You're far better known for your work in that channel, which is all free work that you do, than you are for being a seven-figure earner in longevity. And so today's interview is about yes, you're a guru. You have deep wisdom. You have you have extraordinary vision. You have powerful integrity, and you, you have a, a, a purpose and a mission with your career. And you have more than one, right? You have some parallel purposes and careers. You have a purpose in, in people being sober, which happy to talk about today. Um, but I, the, but where, where I labeled you a guru is there are millions of people around the world, m- most of whom you don't know, that even follow you, that pay attention to what you say and how you say it, and what you mean by it. And it makes them better network marketing professionals, better people, and better leaders. And that's why I tabbed you as a network marketing guru. You're a favorite keynote speaker at GoPro, at ANMP, at Ray Higdon's event, at whatever European Congress there is. You speak all over the world on behalf of the network marketing profession and that makes you a guru whether you like it or not. I love it. And you know what? I
2: have been around this thing for 30 years, just like you, you've been around for 40 and it is a responsibility. It hits a tipping point where all of a sudden you're trying to make money and you make enough money and all of a sudden you realize this thing's bigger than the money I'm making. I've got a responsibility To this profession and these people that is bigger than my paycheck ever is gonna be. And I made that decision a long time ago. And something else that I made a decision about a long time ago is that a fish stinks from the head. And we can go look at our company and we can look at this and say, but guess what, folks? You're the fish. (laughs) I'm the fish. And I can't stink from the head. And I've gotta have integrity. I've gotta work on myself. I am at my company. My company runs the restaurant. I'm just the busboy at my company. But in my company, my my organization or whatever I'm doing, whether it's my sobriety, whether it might be contact mapping, whether it might be my network marketing business, I am the fish and it can't stink. So I'm constantly present to the fact that I have to have integrity, Richard.
1: Yeah, well, it's a, you know, and we all strive for that. And it's not that we all have it. Or we're perfect, or we're even excellent. But what I admire about you, Tom, is you're always striving for it. And if you have a misstep, you get back on the path. And that's all any of us can do. And that, that makes you such a great inspiration to so many it people.
2: Happens. So we've got a little situation going on in the world called Black Lives Matter. And so I'm talking to my daughter. And she was down there among them and helping people in the whole shot. She's very, very, very in tune with all that. But she said, Tom, or dad, actually, she called me dad, not Tom. She (laughs) said, uh, you are not who you say you are. You are a little bit sexist. You're a little bit racist. You're a little bit opinionated. And you've got this thing going on called microaggression that you need to work on. And you think you're funny. And you say all kinds of off-the-wall stuff that has absolutely no reason to come out of your mouth if you are who you state yourself to be. And what you just said a couple of seconds ago, Richard was profound because you said we're all working on it and I'm really present to it. Uh, I took the Enneagram an, 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 test or whatever it is, cause she wanted me to take that to really get a chance for her to be able to coach me through it, which I'm taking coaching from a 31 year old girl. And then she, uh, just got me and we're going to be listening to a book together called, it's about something like the new Jim Crow, where I can actually understand what's coming out of my mouth being hurtful or right. Because I want right things to come out of my mouth, but you don't know till you don't know. And that's where I am right now. And it's pretty doggone cool.
1: Yeah. Well, that's just, that right there is deep personal development and fascinating that you're being coached by your daughter. That takes great courage. And cool. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about the network marketing profession, um, Tom. I mean, we could talk about what's missing in this country. We could talk about what's missing in society and our communities. We could talk about the leadership voids in all of those places. Uh, but this is a network marketing podcast. What's missing in the network marketing community in terms of its vision, its values, and its leadership? Overall, globally, and in the United States,
2: I think everybody wants to say they're really taking like responsibility for their company or their business or the profession, but it's pretty much lip service until we decide that we're not going to clean. We're not only going to clean ourselves up, but we're going to clean everybody out. And we're going to be brave enough, and I saw you with that one guy, and you can say his name that has the Rolls Royces and the Bentleys, and he's talking about making a million dollars next Tuesday, and you actually called his name out. And I think that's what we really need to get to, is a point where we don't tolerate the people that are putting this profession at harm, not only with the FTC, but with literally everybody they meet with that behavior and it starts with the companies cuz the companies bring them in then they these people do all that garbage and then the company goes oh we don't condone that but the person had been doing it for a year and they knew that they were doing it and all of a sudden they get called out and they're going oh we didn't know that and you know we just got to get we got to be more brave i think that's the most important part and i think these are the times to do it
1: yeah, it, it does take. I actually talked about that on my live this morning. It takes courage and commitment and vision and a certain kind of value to call people out on their behavior. His name is Ramasio Fulcher, by the way.
2: There's <laughs> <laughs> two reasons I didn't say it. One, I couldn't pronounce it. And the second, I didn't have the guts. He, yeah. But, you know, I just got a text message from him and some long video which I watched, which was preposterous with the Bentley's walking. I mean, let's face it. This is the hardest business you'll ever do because when you're working at a job, man, you are, it's just you against the world. You got a quota, you got to go sell and getting into this business where not only do you have to have some skills, but you have to be able to impart those skills and teach people to do the, uh, the same thing. That is pretty much a volunteer army to start. That takes a tremendous amount of work, skill, personal development, leadership training, and it doesn't just fall out of the sky like those people are trying to infer. It is a science and an art, in my opinion, that I have yeah. not mastered.
1: Well, none of us have mastered it, Tom, but you're, I mean, I want you to talk about your personal development path because, you know, here's a question for you. I'll, I'll set it up by saying, The best leaders in network marketing have always been on a very intense personal development, transformational development, assaulting their belief systems to reinvent better belief systems to be better people. The field leadership has always been on that path. How much do you think the owners of companies, the CEOs of companies, the executives of the Direct Selling Association or the MLMIA or the ANNP, or that's mostly led by top field leaders. But what, how much did the, the people that actually make the decisions create the platforms? How much personal development do you think they're involved in?
2: Not much. Um, I think they're so doggone busy that they get to the point where they're so busy doing everything else that they depend on their restaurant manager to run all the employees so they can do all the top level stuff. Plus they're making a lot of money or they're losing a lot of money. They got a problem going one direction or the other. And there's just not a lot of space for them to be able to do it because they're thinking so far so globally that they forgot to look inwardly, which is where they got to where they are, where they got their start. And I believe that, that is a problem, and I'm thinking about so many companies uh, out there and so many company owners. Uh, you mentioned that I am involved with the ANMP and the MLMIA and the ASPCA and every other acronym on the planet that
1: mean so nothing. I can imagine the, the and T-I-N-A and yeah. all those groups do. Yeah,
2: but, you know, I don't think that they feel like they think, I think, they think it's somebody else's job. And that's why I said with me, the fish stinks from the head, because if I start reading my own press clippings, and I go to an AA meeting every day of my life for the last 31 years, and I sit around with about 20, 30 different misfits that I love, and I try to help that next guy walking in the door trying to get sober, but the other half of that equation is remembering that I'm not half as hip slick and cool as my paycheck is trying to tell me I am. And I think all of those people that you mentioned need to go to AA.
1: <laughs> well, that's a gr- That's an awesome transition. Natural next question is what can AA teach us about lifting the network marketing profession to a higher road, a higher path, higher integrity? What can AA teach us about that?
2: It's a- so the every, everybody, I have no answer. I have no clue as to the answer to this. So I'm going to make one up. Here's where we go. We're starting right now. And, and I had this all backwards. And somebody asked me how I'm so successful. And I lied through my teeth and started talking about all the trainings i had done and all this stuff until I finally sat back and I realized where the magic happened. I walked in the door, a dead drunk alcoholic, absolutely had nothing to my name. I walked into a room of people that was full of love and compassion, and they were just sitting there loving me in the terrible shape I was in. I weighed over 300 pounds. I was purple. I was drunk. Two DUIs, two disturbing pieces in one month. I was arrogant. I was scared to death. I was obnoxious, and they loved me, and they loved me, and I sat in those rooms, And as I sat in those rooms, I did that rigorous self-inquiry that all of us do called looking inward to become a better person. And every day, one day at a time, I started turning into a better person. And all of a sudden, I found myself, instead of having to share with all those other people, I started sharing with all those other people from the bottom of my heart. Because in that community, I felt safe. I felt like I could trust them and they trusted me. And I felt like I belonged. And after that, I ended up in this tribe of like-minded wizards, all trying to stay sober one day at a time. So what I think I've done over my life is I thought, I think my multi-level marketing business, and I talked to you about that earlier about my new idea about Zoom, I truly believe that I have created Alcoholics Anonymous in the real world with a compensation plan stuck to it. Called my network marketing business and now the contact mapping business.
1: And so, what that was of your, a pretty good
2: answer off the top of my head?
1: Well, it's not like you get to plan any of these. That was an awesome answer. And so, I don't know what comes up for me is I I remember a cliche that you always use. It's kind of your mantra: it's love people and then love them some more. So, speak to that. Like, what role does love play? in lifting our profession.
2: It's the great uniter. And if you can get past your agenda and into the agenda of other people, it's not about what company somebody else is in, what somebody else is doing for a living, whether they're in corporate America or they're a ditch digger or they're unemployed or they're dead drunk, people laying like me in the street. Understand one thing, in my opinion, wherever anybody is in life is not necessarily where Tom Chenault wants them. In fact, it probably isn't where Tom Chenault wants him. But one thing I'm finally clear of is that where anybody in their life is, is exactly where God wants them at that moment. And I have no right to alter that course. I just have to be there with love and compassion when that person decides to come toward what I perceive to be the light of success, whether it be financial, whether it be spiritual, whether it be emotional. And that's what I do all the time, I think.
1: And so how does, tell tell people about, um, you know, because most of the people listening to this, Tom, are, you know, they're lower level distributors, they're struggling, they're, you know, they want to get traction, they want to build a team, even if it's 10 people on their team. Talk to people about listening and loving and even down into the coffee shop interview, like, Talk to people about the whole concept of making conversation about the other person as opposed to about my products, my comp plan, my company, my opportunity. How do, you, how do you make it about the other person and why do you make it about the other person?
2: My entire goal in life, no matter where I meet anybody, anytime, is to have that human being across the table leave feeling better about themselves than when they got there. And the only way I can get there from here is to drop my agenda and get into theirs. And the way that I do it, you talked about something called the copy shop interview which by the way is a tremendous ebook and it's free. And what that is is a complete conversation with a merger between personal development courses I've taken, alcoholics anonymous, and multi-level marketing and that can that conversation basically is like you know you've got form and all this stuff it takes it to a little different level because what i train people to do is have powerful conversation that you're guiding with questions where you're trying to be interesting instead of uh, interesting instead of interested interested or whatever backwards i said it, however the hell i said it but anyway here's the deal you got to be able to listen to people without agenda and make your agenda Their agenda. So, what he said was love like crazy, then love more, fire your brain, hire your heart, actually be present to people where they can feel like you are the person they've been looking for all their life. Because they are not going to join your company, they're not going to join your product, they're not going to join your comp plan, they're not going to join your dang click funnel, they're going to join you. That's what they're going to join. And instead of trying to be Eric Worre or Richard Brooke or Kimmy Brooke or any one of those gurus out there, instead, look at what you love about them and use that as your template to create the best you. And if you get to the best you, where there's nothing between you and that person across the table, not a product, not a phone, nothing. There's just nothing between you and that other person except humanity and love. You're going to win. And you remember what the conversation was. You document it. You follow it up. And those people are going to be blown away because no one does it.
1: So give us like a if we were to bring a video camera into a coffee shop interview that you're doing you're sitting there with me and I'm a you know maybe I'm I'm maybe I'm a prospect but that's probably not the right label for me if you and I are in a coffee shop I'm probably just somebody you met and your process is hey let's have coffee not let me pitch you on my opportunity or my products you just want to get to know me so what does that conversation look like in the coffee shop What are you going to ask me? And then what are you going to ask me? And then what are you going to ask me? What's the conversation look like?
2: But you're not in Hawaii right now. Are you in Hawaii? Yes. Okay. I thought you were someplace else. I love that shirt. Is that a Hawaiian shirt?
1: It's an Aloha shirt. Spell it. A-L-O-H-A. Are they expensive? Uh, Relatively. That's relative.
2: Okay, good. Okay, so what I did right there was I complimented on what Richard Brooke today likes best about himself. I wound him up, he leaned back, and he told me it was Aloha shirt, and we're already talking about his puppy shirt because he loves that shirt so much. So the name of the game is open a conversation by the thing the person across the table from loves the most about themselves and just comment on it. It was easy. I had a whole, I got that. I could have gone with a picture. I could have asked him if he painted that picture behind him on his left shoulder. I could have done any of those things because there's all I'm trying to do is open a conversation of true interest, not phony, of true interest. I wasn't interested in that picture. I'm interested in that shirt. I'm interested in the fact that Richard Brooke doesn't wear glasses anymore, and he used to look a lot more like me, and now he looks a lot more handsome than me, and I've got to figure out how to get rid of these glasses so I can look more like Brooke. I'm looking for something to start a conversation. So we just did that. We're going to start talking about his eye surgery that got him to get rid of of the uh, Mr. Magoo look.
1: That's all it boils down to. I'm interested, Richard. And... All right. So people, uh, people, I think, intellectually can get that. But the background for them is, hey, that's all nice, Tom, but I need to recruit somebody. I need to recruit three people this month. I need to rank advance. I need to make a check. I need to grow my team. I need to recruit somebody. When I start before I started this conversation, I.
2: Remember, I got the name of your dog, Marley. I got the name of your daughter, Haley. I got, obviously, the name of your wife. I know your blood type before this conversation because what I'm trying to do is speak into your listening to have you, and I'm going to say, man, I can help you earn that money for the Uber, man. i got an idea for you where maybe we can make you a couple of extra bucks so, you, number one, you can pay for that eye surgery when it goes down the drain again, and we'll have a little couple extra bucks for that. We're going to pay for some Uber, and we're going to hang around together. In fact, let's call an Uber right now and I'll show you how to talk to the Uber driver. But that's what I'm going
1: to do. Yeah. Well, what it sounds like is um, a natural, organic evolution of a conversation of curiosity. And so um, I'll put my language on it. People ask me, "Okay, if I'm listening, 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 when do I invite people to look at what I'm doing? And my response to that is when they invite you to. 100% right. And so if I'm telling you, you know, I just had my eye surgery, Tom, and uh, I spent all my money on my eye surgery and I can't afford an Uber, that's a pretty clear invitation for you to invite me to take a look at a way to make enough money to afford an Uber. Can I speak to that for just half a second? The whole interview is you
2: not me so the temptation right there is to immediately sense that you're going to need the money for the next eye surgery and the uber ride and your temptation and this is gonna go against all the training of everybody probably even richard brooke the temptation is to say i might have an idea for you and that goes in my opinion that just shifted from interest to agenda right then. Now he just said three people I need to I need to enroll three people this month. Okay let's assume you're talking to two people a day. That's 60 complete interviews you've got in your database at the end of 30 days. Two people a day. And at the end of that you've got hundreds of touch points because you that you can follow up on so all of a sudden, the timing is right. I wait two days, and I call Brooke on the phone. I go, oh man, I was thinking about you, and I cannot believe you had to patch up an old relationship just to get a <laughs> ride home from the hospital because you didn't have the money for the Uber. I feel so sorry for you. I want you to talk to my friend, and it's going to go from agenda to, I mean, from uh it's going to be either you're going to start crying because I thought of you and it was personal to you how I want to help you by having you talking to my friend. That's going to make you the money for the Uber ride. That's all it is. It's so simple. Love them. Document one, of the, them.
1: one of the things that I hear in there, Tom, that perhaps is a mistake that so many networkers make is if you only have one line in the water, oh. then you need to catch every fish that nibbles but if you have 20 lines in the water you can be patient with people right you're gonna
2: quit your good prospects you got one prospect and that prospect says no (laughs) join the next door neighbor that you don't like you're ready to jump off the cliff you get, just in one month, you've got 60 people in your database completely mapped and documented and you're following them up. At the end of three months, you got 180. Somebody says no to you on your follow-ups. At that point, you go, thank you. Because I got them up the list because you've just got so many people coming at you. And then you're not calling all these lead scammers that are trying to sell you the same leads they sold yesterday to somebody else. All of a sudden you've got real relationships and inside of that, Richard, it gets more, so much more important than that. Yeah. Well, because all of a sudden you're a human being to a human being and they're going to call you for everything because you've developed a relationship. And I have gotten really successful by being the quintessential. I know a guy. I got a call from a woman this morning that knows you quite well that knew somebody down in Texas that needed some help in Colorado. And that person that you know quite well called me on the phone and said, can you help this person in Texas? Cause they're coming to Colorado cause you know, people." nothing to do with multi-level marketing, nothing to do with anything like that. People just know I know people cause I never, ever, ever don't document my conversations.
1: And how do you do that? So you said you remember the the dog Marley and Kimmy's name, which I don't think you could forget. But what is your tool for that?
2: Well, I don't want to sound like I'm a salesman, Richard, because I'm not. I'm just a talker. So I'm not going to say contactmapping.com. So and what that is, is an app. But the app, everybody's got an app. Your company's got an app. Which, by the way, when you leave your company, you don't have your contacts anymore. But your company's got an app and everybody's got an app. And that's all wonderful. But this app isn't that app. This app is a relationship development system, not a CRM. So it's not scratching your back. It's not sending out all the videos and trying to trick people. It is giving you the ability when you meet somebody to put their name and phone number in like you always do. And you hit save. And then it says, do you have a picture of Richard? You we go, well, no, I don't have a picture of Richard. I think I'll snap one right now. Snap. Then you hit save. And it says, what else do you know about Richard? And you bring them verbally, everything that just happened in this conversation. So it's completely brain done, Dumped. We talked about Kimmy. We talked about Marley. We about talked about Kaylee, the daughter. And that's all in there. So now all of a sudden, so then I hit save. And it says, when am I going to follow Richard up? So in my case, I always put tomorrow. Because what I do is I wait one day, because I want people to think I was thinking about them overnight. I wait till the next day and I go, "Man, it was really nice to meet you." Here is my contact information. Hope to talk to you soon. And then I put the then the follow that I hit save and the follow up comes back up and I put it out like a month or whatever it is if it's a hot prospect and a far shorter, obviously. And all of a sudden, it's sitting there reminding me that I am doing that. So. I got a call this morning from a guy named Joe and I met him in Laguna Beach, professional hockey player, sober guy, wonderful, One got kicked out of the National Hockey League for fighting, just my kind of guy, just tough as nails. And uh, we had a chat and I reminded him about his life and he goes, the reason I'm calling you back is you keep sending me these little notes, not needing anything, just caring about me. And I got to thinking about that, and I got like, I need to do that more. But you hit the nail on the head, Richard Brook. The last time we spoke, and you don't remember this, of course, when you said, point blank to me, how rich would we be in relationship and money, Tom, if we had mapped everyone we ever met since we were 18 years old? Do you remember saying that?
1: Yep, billionaires, -billionaires. multi-billionaires.
2: That's you. So here we have all these people working everywhere in the world. You go to LinkedIn, it is an absolute war zone. And all those people had their big job making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, staring at their computers all day, never looking left, never looking right, never meeting anybody, never anything. And now they're out of business and their parents are saying, well, why don't you call your friends at work and see if they've got anything? And they're looking at it going,
1: mom and dad, I don't have their phone number
2: because nobody does it. It's crazy. So that's what I do. I use that contact mapping
1: app for that. Okay, we got contactmapping.com in here. Uh, earlier you talked about the coffee shop interview and you said it was a phenomenal ebook and I think you said the word phenomenal cuz you wanted me to tell people where they can get that. Where can they get the phenomenal ebook on the coffee shop interview? What's that domain?
2: I told you I've done a tremendous amount of personal development, so as a result of that, I know all those words that you're supposed to say to trigger those thoughts. So bingo, bango bongo, that worked out pretty well. So here's the deal: you go to it's very simple. You go to contactmapping.com forward slash CSI, copy shop interview, and it's sitting there, and it will change your life. And the word book is probably a stretch, so it's pretty short, but it's cool. It's well laid out and you're going to learn the tricks of being interested, the tricks of interviewing people. And my wife called, we called it the coffee shop interview. My wife was all mad at me. She wanted to call it the coffee shop conversation because interviews sound so tough. And I wanted to call it the coffee shop interrogation because that's what you need to do. You need to know what's not, you know, sound bites suck. I call you on the phone. I want to know what's going on with you that I can't find on Facebook. You know, I want to know the inside scoop. That's where this is at. So if all I have to do, I can't remember trying to think of the name of that good friend of yours that died. Oh, Steve Spalding. Yes. Okay, how'd how'd I do that? I just Googled Richard Brooke to find Steve so in my contact mapping app, I put in Richard Brook because he, Richard Brook, his dearest friend in the world was a guy named Steve Spaulding. It means something to Richard that I just brought that up. But I've been sitting here searching for that name like it was going out of style. I just typed in the word Richard Brook into my phone. I just went over to the notes. Not only did we have Haley, not only did we have Kimmy, not only did we have Marley, we had Steve Spaulding. And I popped that up and did you see Richard's face? I can Google my brain. You can't do that with anybody else's stuff. It's crazy.
1: What you can add to your contact mapping is uh, Stephen Spaulding's son, AJ it's li- lives with us. Can your app tell you how to pronounce people's names?
2: I would put it in there phonetically because I'll tell you something else. That's So I'm doing this big call that has grown like a weed because I finally learned something that nobody else is doing. So when I do a Zoom now, usually when hotshots, Shots, is, this, this is important. Usually when Hot Shots like Richard Brook is on my Zooms, I look over at the names and there's Richard Brook. And then also is Eric Worre, my radio show. Then there's Todd Falcone. And then I'm thinking, I'm trying to think all the names you mentioned earlier as far as your guru list. Uh, all of a sudden, Spangler, all those people. So here's the deal. I look for them and then I always mention their name. And they're all happy because all the hotshots are happy. And I got to thinking about that. If the hotshots are happy, because people are always talking about the hotshots and we're all egomaniacs and we like it, I'll bet you that the other people would be happy too. So whenever I do a Zoom, and there are hundreds of people in AA every day, we go around the room, Hi, my name is Susie. I'm, I'm an alcoholic. Hi, my name is Tom. I'm an alcoholic. We go around the room. So what I now do is I end every Zoom with this. There's a couple of people I want to say hi to. And I go over to that lineup and I even read the first three numbers on the phones of the people that are actually on the Zoom that didn't put their name in. And I get done with the numbers even. I go the 404-770-619-808 for the Hawaii people. You must be in Hawaii. And I say, the reason I'm doing your area code is because it makes me sick that I even have to treat you like a number because we're sick of being treated like numbers. My ID number at my company, I'm a number. Amazon, I'm a number. Well, you need to know something. You're not a number to me. And I go through every name fast and just say their name. And people stay on that zoom the entire time to hear their name because we are sick and tired of being invisible. It takes five minutes, and the other day, I am most proud of this. I had ninety three people going into this complete zoom about nothing. i 'm like the Seinfeld, so I have no knowledge i 'm like Seinfeld at the end of the zoom. I look up and ninety two people are still on there, and I read all the names. And there were still 92. Not one person hung up, even though I hadn't set a thing of value for a half an hour. And of that I am most proud.
1: <laughs> Isn't that cool? That is cool, Tom. Congratulations on that acknowledgement tip. You gotta do so, it. So um, in in wrapping, I wanna ask you a couple of more questions. What's the biggest give us something beyond the coffee shop interview, listening, making it about other people. Give us something beyond that, different than that. What's the biggest mistake up-and-coming, struggling distributors make, consistently make, such that they continue to struggle? Like, if you could grab people and just tell them one strategy, one habit, one thing that they need to change immediately that will move them out of struggle into momentum, what would it be?
2: start making it about them not you like at a level you've never done it before like when i get off the phone with somebody i could call them back and tell them their first of all i call them back on the phone and i go how was the conversation with me that was the best conversation i ever had i go why is that i go oh no we just had a great time what they didn't even remember was all we talked about was that the second thing is Then I make sure that they know that my eyes are popping open at two o'clock in the morning thinking about their problems, not popping open about two o'clock in the morning thinking about how successful and great I am because everybody's greatness sphere, because all the people that don't know anything about multi-level marketing have this story of, I'm not going to go join that company and have people make money off of me, off of me, off of me. If you completely disappear that conversation with nothing to do about you and everything about them, it's going to blow their minds. Now, that's number one. Number two is dropping them off right where they want to be instead of where your agenda has them. If they just want to be a customer, make you are the best customer service person on the planet for them. They want to be a distributor. And this is your training, by the way, that I'm stealing and playing back on you. So the 80 customers of the 100 that you enroll not sign up, So you know their blood type, training by Richard Brooke. All of a sudden you've got those people, you're their best customer service. Then you decide that 15 that want to become a distributor for 50 bucks and get an override, you show them how to get their money back on their products for free. And that four or five influencers that Richard talks about, all of a sudden, Those people are the people that you're saying to, all you need to do is do what I'm doing right now, interview 100, drop them where they right right, wanna be, the numbers are gonna look like this and we're off to the races. Now, I need to say one last thing because I just noticed something that's bugging people, I'm sure. Network marketing is back-breaking labor. And I held my hand up and you saw my blister. (laughs) So my blister came from not that. I was down on a beach and I was trying to dig a hole and the shell one got me. So this wasn't network marketing blister. It's just a blister I got. So don't feel too sorry.
1: Here's my last question, Tom Chenault. What, What do you see as the future of our profession? Why is it the greatest profession on the earth? And how is it going to be better? So and and the intention of the question Tom is like you and I absolutely love this profession we would never do anything else Kimmy same way uh Denise the same way so many of our friends would we we just could never do anything other than network marketing as our core way of life and yes there's things missing about our profession but why is it for you the greatest profession on the earth and where do you see it going as it rises to claim its rightful stake in the great professions of the world. Why is it so important to you and where do you see it going?
2: Okay. So when I walk into an AA meeting every morning, the first thing we do is go around the room and ask if anybody in there is in their first 24 hours of being sober. Then we ask people, then we go around the room and we go all the way up to 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, 120 days. And we celebrate that kind of sobriety like they just won the Boston Marathon. And if we continue in this business to focus on that little guy who is getting squashed into invisibility by big thinkers, you know, the big deal is what kills network marketing, it's what kills it in a big, big way. Yet we always see all these big money people walk into these network marketing companies with their Madison Avenue marketing people and think they can take over. We've got to avoid that. And we've got to remember it's the little person that we are in love with and taken care of and the last shall be first. And if we can keep that focus, just like they say in the Bible, just exactly like they say in AA, just exactly like you really want to do, you know, you walk down the street and you see the homeless person, and you say, Gosh, I wish I could give that guy a hand up instead of a handout. This is the hand up, this profession. It is the greatest equalizer out there. No tenure, no education, no resume, no background check, no credit check. You just put your spikes on, and you're on the field tomorrow, and you can play as hard as you want. And I love that about this profession. And we need to keep reminding people it's a small money game that can turn big. It's a hard work thing that can turn into something and never lie, never con, never do anything. Just let people have a square story about a fair shot and we're going to win the world.
1: Love people and love love them some more. Yeah. Beautiful. Last words, Mr. Chenault.
2: Yeah. Follow Richard Brooke. I truly (laughs) believe he's one of the deepest guys I know. And he, you know, he's not afraid to say anything to me. So I think he's probably not afraid to say anything to you. And most of the tough stuff he said straight to me, I needed to hear and nobody had the guts to tell me. So for my money, I would listen to this guy. He's accessible. He cares about you, he believes in you. And uh, yeah, he's, I don't call many people my mentor, uh, just cause they're all dead, <laughs> there's nobody left. But at the end of the day, Richard's one of them and he's not gonna deny that. I call him in times of deep water because he gives me a 10,000 foot view that I can't see myself because my problems are too close to my head. And if you think you're gonna make it to the top of the mountain in network marketing or anything else, and not need somebody to really talk to and tell you the truth, you are missing a big, big point. Because I'm telling you, the bigger you get, the more difficult this gets. And those people that try to tell you that you're going to work for a little while and you goof off for the rest of your life are just flat out lying to you. You keep working and you keep loving. And the only difference between this and everything else is you literally leap out of bed every day with happiness because you're actually helping people instead of stepping on their head. So
1: those are my final things to say. Thank you, sir. You're a treasure to our profession, a gift to my family. The things that you do, Kimmy was just telling me this morning, I got this problem. I called Tom. He immediately made a phone call and created a solution. You're, you're just a gift to so many people. I love you. I love Denise. I love Adrian. Can't remember the name of your dog, but if I did, I'd love your dog too. And I, I daughter, love what
2: Courtney, I think my daughter Courtney and my son Dominic are also going to be a little irritated. He loves you too, kids.
1: <laughs> I love what you do for our profession, Tom Chenault. Keep doing it, and we'll be the wing beneath your wings. Thank you, you all it. for joining us for the uh, Network Marketing Guru interview, and we'll catch you on the next one. All right. Good all night.
0: Thank you for joining us on this episode of Richard Bliss Brooks Network Marketing Heroes podcast. If you are inspired and are ready to create your own success story, then it is time to take advantage of some of the top network marketing tools available. Pick up the top recruiting tool that has prospects saying, yes, the four-year career and the four-year career for women. Get your mindset right. Without a clear vision, success is lost. Check out the best-selling book on vision, Mach 2 With Your Hair on Fire. Learn to think like a successful person with this step-by-step guide on how to break through your self-imposed limitations. Mach 2 Vision Training is a 90-minute, four-part video training where you get Richard to walk you through crafting your vision. It's a must for anyone looking to step outside the box and hit the ground running. For 10% off your order, use the discount code HERO at checkout. If you're serious about building your business, make sure to subscribe to Richard's blog for all the latest tools and articles. This success story is not typical. It is meant to inspire you and show you what's possible. It is not what you should expect to accomplish. Your income will depend entirely on you, your commitment, your work ethic, your leadership, and your ability to acquire customers and inspire sales leaders to join your team. Most people who start off intending to build a sales team do not maintain their motivation to continue.